Hello and welcome to the Dutch Film Podcast. My name is Gregory Marcus. And my name is Erik van Bemmelen. And in this podcast, we will watch Dutch movies. That's right. And I am not Dutch. And I am. So the point is, how can we explain Dutch movies to a non-Dutch person? What is happening in these movies and what am I missing? Now. And you fill in the gaps. True. Yeah. And we should mention we watched this movie without subtitles. Yes, we did watch this without subtitles. And I presume we'll probably watch most of them without subtitles. Yeah. But I kind of understand Dutch. Sort of. I've I've been here for, uh, yeah, I have been here for nine years, almost uh, nine-ish years, eight, nine-ish years. I actually don't know. (laughs) I can do it. Wait, 2012? I moved here in 2012. And it is now... Yeah, you're closing in on 10 years. Am I closing yeah. in on... T- that yeah. is... Okay. That's almost the longest I've lived anywhere. Oh. That's the reason why we're doing the podcast. See yeah. If, if after a decade in a country, you can actually tell what the movie is about. Because I don't watch a lot of Dutch movies. No. Do you watch a lot of Dutch movies? Um, not specifically, but I think like most movies we'll watch um, for this podcast I have seen in the past. Yeah, I would say so. Like but it, it, but it's not recreationally that you think, let me stay up to date on all the new releases. Mm, I, I guess you'll hear spontaneously if a movie that is happens to be Dutch is good. People will tell you or you read it in the newspaper or whatever. Yes. And then I watch it. And I don't naturally seek out Dutch movies just for the sake of seeing Dutch movies. No. Dutch newspapers seem to cover foreign films almost as equally, if not more, than they cover... Well, there are a lot more foreign films than Dutch films. Is that so? Yeah, of course. It's not like a Hollywood or Bollywood or Nollywood for that matter. Yes, okay, so there's not enough... Are we saying then that there's not enough Dutch movies for it to grab people's conversations Mm. about movies throughout the the days? Maybe we'll we'll arrive at that point somewhere during the recording of these podcasts. That's that's the case, but I will not say that in general. No, no. that's our goal. Well, that's kind of my goal is to because I have no history with Dutch movies other than I've watched a few because people said you need to watch this movie and then you'll understand Dutch culture. Yeah. Okay. And then I watch them and I think okay. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we'll see. If the, all the movies that we will watch, we will see if they will tell you something about uh, Dutch culture, something that you haven't learned uh, otherwise being here for close to a decade. Yes. Okay. And there's a lot of gaps that need to be filled in. And I'm here for that. Yes. Okay. And, but we're, I guess, so why, yeah, why are we doing this podcast is because uh, I wanted to do a podcast and we are friends. Yeah. And we, well, we don't... Still, we still are. Let's see we, how, how we, it goes <laughs> after the podcast. Yeah. Well, I, I was hoping that this podcast could bring us closer together because we don't see each other that much. Yeah, true. Even excluding pandemic, we didn't... And now you have moved. Yeah. We are recording this in Rotterdam. I live in Amsterdam. Yeah. You used to live in Amsterdam. True. I wanted to move to Rotterdam. <laughs> I beat you to it. And you said, <laughs> no way. <laughs> and yet here we are. In Rotterdam. In Rotterdam, in a spacious living room where we just watched our first movie. We did just watch our first movies. But so the podcast is to bring us closer together as friends. Maybe other friends will join the podcast at some point. Yep. But 
also for because not a lot of people just don't talk about Dutch cinema. Dutch cinema is not even really in the lexicon of when people like to talk about cinema, like French cinema, Russian cinema, German cinema, yeah. English, Irish. Like yeah. it seems like every other country, even Belgium, makes better films yeah. okay. than <laughs> the Netherlands. That's not to say that there is no history of Dutch film. Obviously, the one that everyone knows is. What's his name? I'll, I will let you fill this in. Oh, jeez. Uh, I was just listening to a podcast about him. His name is not Rutger Hauer. Rutger Hauer, though, is a famous Dutch actor. He is. He is. And it's great to see you struggling. Now I'm thinking Jan de Bont is a famous Dutch cinematographer and director. Yeah. And then there's the guy that did Showgirls and mm-hmm. Robocop and Starship Troopers. And his name is... <laughs> I can't remember. I want to say Hans something. Hans something. Okay. For how long should we let it go? <laughs> Do you know the answer? Um, I guess you're talking about Paul Verhoeven. Paul Verhoeven. That's mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, I think Americans would yeah, know. If they think about Dutch film, they might think of Paul Verhoeven first. Is that safe to say? They would at least know his movies. Yeah, because he's made some American movies. Yeah. He, or a bunch. And I, he, they were quite popular, or at least oh, yeah, a lot of people seen them. They're very famous. Oh. Uh, inf- infamous, one would say. Mm-hmm. I remember going to uh, New York, to Ellis Island, and they had this exhibition on Ellis Island about people migrating to the States. And they had this inter- a big projector with interviews of um, migrants, basically. Uh, and one of them was Paul Verhoeven. And I will always remember this. I just walked into Ellis Island and I saw... Paul Verhoeven on the big screen saying, in Holland, they hate you for being successful. That's why I moved. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this, this is true, but we'll probably get to that at some point in this podcast after we've seen a Paul Verhoeven movie. Has he made, but he was making movies here before he went. For sure. Yeah, and we will definitely watch one of those. Did he maybe do multiple. Swartbook? He did Swartbook, but he made a more famous movie even called Soldaat van Oranje. Yes. Which is a musical as well, because I see it promo became, ads it for it musical, still. Yeah, yeah. I think I've been seeing promo ads for it for... For the past decade. Yeah. yeah. Was it a book? Uh, it was a, I don't I think, think it, so. But. No, it's not an original creation from him. Can it be? Yeah, I'm not sure. Anyway. So we will get... Yeah, so when people think of Dutch cinema, they think of Paul Verhoeven. We'll say. Yeah, yeah. And his work in America. Yes, probably. Yeah, <laughs> and then, uh, let, yeah, let's, let's. I mean, let's talk just a little bit about where people would see, because it's not even as obvious sometimes when a person in Hollywood is a Dutch actor. Okay, that also sneaks up on you sometimes. And like we, my uh, Vitika, my girlfriend, she'll probably come up many times in this. We were just watching a Wheel of Time. It's like Amazon Prime's answer to Game of Thrones, like okay. fantasy I've, show I've based it. on fantasy books. And we're like, oh, who's this, uh, who's this young actor? And I have no idea what his name is. And then I look him up, and he's Dutch. He's from Rotterdam. Okay. I'm like, oh, who would have who guessed? Now, yeah. but I guess most actors, Dutch actors at least, they sort of hide their accent. Yeah. 
Yeah, as best they can. Yeah, he was yeah. speaking with like a British kind of okay, accent. Yeah, that would make sense, baby. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is still foreign to me. So maybe if I was British, I'd be like that person's not British. But, yeah. I, but I, th- to- I think it's different from like a French actor playing in a in a U.S. film or series. You would probably notice earlier. Yeah, it must be harder to hide the accent and. People like a French accent, or at least like English yeah, and a French okay. accent. Like it sounds nice. Yeah. It sounds like maybe they're cast in roles where it actually helps the character. Yeah, maybe they they have a European vibe to them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there was that, and then I think a big one for me seeing Dutch actors on screen was Game of Thrones. Yep. Because you had Mikiel Hausman mm-hmm. and Clarice van Houten. Yep. And they're kind of like the two big names. Caris. Caris. Not Claris, not like yeah, from right. Silence of the Lambs. No. no, I think you're I think it's Caris. But yeah, they're like the two. And then you had um what's her name? She plays like the baddie in the new Blade Runner. Ooh. Sophie something. Yeah, you are right. I can't, I can't come up with her name. Anyway, so the baddie in uh the new uh Oh, 2049. Of course, in the Blade original Blade Runner. Oh, it's Robert, Howard. yeah. So yeah. you know, maybe uh, that was they had to do that. They had to have a Dutch person uh, in Blade <laughs> they were Runner. They obliged to. Yeah. yeah. And, so we oh, get so fam, the Dutch. Fam, and, and another one, for, a big one for me also was Famke Janssen, uh-huh. Bond girl. Was she a Bond girl? Yeah, she was a Bond girl. Oh, as okay. Well. Yeah. I remember her from The Faculty, which was like a horror movie about alien. It was like an invasion of the body snatchers set in high school. With Elijah Wood, and she was in it. Oh, no, and she was in X-Men. She played oh. Jean Grey in X-Men. Okay, so there's a few Dutch people floating around mm. Hollywood. But people are maybe not that conscious of them looking at a Dutch actor. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So they're around, and well, we'll hopefully now learn more about Dutch I will learn more. Maybe you already know everything. I hope you do otherwise. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> so we watched a movie we just did. 15 minutes ago. Yep. What did we watch? Character. By? Mike Van Dien, the from, director. From when? 19... What did I say? From 1997. Yeah, 96, 97-ish. And won the... Oscar for best foreign movie, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's the reason why I picked it, I guess, as a first movie to watch because it's a movie that has at least some international acclaim, specifically from the US. Yeah, um, the Oscar still being uh, one of the more relevant prizes for film, of course, uh, at least for US films, and I guess for an American audience, it's probably the only award that really counts. They don't. Probably don't watch a lot of Cam in no. the US. Yeah, I, I think the the Oscars still are the, for better or for worse, still the benchmark for if you got the Oscar, you probably deserved it. Yeah, but it depends on the type of movie, of course. I think there are also a, a, a sort of type of US movies that would do better in European film festivals than at the Oscars, per se. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's tons of stuff that goes, that doesn't make the cut no. for the Oscars. No. But I think they are getting better uh, in terms of you're seeing a bit more international film on the best picture list. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think it's funny in general that you would have a category for foreign movies. And you can say this about a lot of categories, but it's really focused on the U.S. audience and the U.S. industry, of course. Yeah. 
Yeah, everything circles around Hollywood. Yeah. 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 But uh, so yeah. that's in '98 that it won the Oscar. For it won in '98, okay. uh, the year when I think Titanic took home like 12 Oscars, if I'm not mistaken. What, like was, an, okay, yeah, Titanic was either '98 or '99. It I, was '98. Okay, '98. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you know we can examine the no. Well, one rule that we said that we would have with this podcast is the goal of this podcast is not to compare Dutch films to American films. Because you said, uh, well, I think one of the main reasons not, or you can of course compare a movie in terms of the themes or the, the type of acting um, and compare it to other movies we've seen, and they can be American movies, but also French movies or whatever. Um, so it's not that it's forbidden territory per se, um, but I do think something that you should not take into the equation is um, how good does the movie look in. We did not write the characters, of course, a drama, uh, not an uh, action flick. But if this would have been an action flick, then the explosions, for example, would have been worse than any U.S. equivalent. And I don't think it really works to focus on stuff like that. So there's, of course, budget. And I think a main reason why there's less budget is because the Netherlands is a very small country and people speaking Dutch in this world might, that might be like maybe 30 million. It's like that's the Netherlands. Op- that's optimistic, yeah. Belgium, Suriname, maybe. S- South Africans. Yeah. That's even. If we yeah. count that, yeah. yeah. Um, and the way films are funded is quite different. We saw, you know, the end of the credits. Yep. And the credits at, begin with, with thanks to Netherlands Film Funds or all these public f- Also the funds. Belgian Film, film Belgian Funds. Belgian Film yeah. Funds. Um, and one of the lead characters is a Belgian guy. Oh. I don't know if that has to do anything with it, but yeah. Yeah. Jan de Klerk, who plays um, his father. I um, already forgot his name. This is bad. We should have a list of the characters. Draverhoven. Draverhoven. Yeah, we should cut this. Uh, no, no, it, there, no, there will be no editing in this podcast, <laughs> just so everyone knows. You, you are in for the Sean, whole run. Yeah, Jan de Klerk playing Draverhoven. You're totally right. That And that's something like in my professional experience of writing grant proposals mm-hmm. if you can like bring in a belgian partner just so that then you can apply for uh, belgian yeah. funding yeah. then all of a sudden like you're like it becomes more tempting to bring in and i think they they also did a good job getting funding for this movie because mike van dien had uh had some success doing some movies previous to this um and the production house that has made this movie also had some success so they're probably partnered up um and the film fund, uh, both the Dutch and the Flemish one, were probably eager to uh, to invest in this movie. And for the record, neither of us have made a movie ever. <laughs> Not yet. So it, it, most most things are speculative. Yep. But True. we yeah. So we he, might bring in guests later at a later episode that might know a bit more about um, the film industry per se. But yeah, because you know we know some people. We know a lot of people. Well, you know, okay, so let's get into character. Wait, uh, before we get into character, what I wanted to say one more thing about the movie, and now I cannot remember, and it was going to be something. Oh, we were talking about budget and you know how a film looks or whatnot. We should also say we watched this film on Vimeo, projected onto your wall. Yep. So even if there was beautiful cinematography, or like things were lit really well, we don't. 
really yeah. know if they were. It was a dark movie in general. Like, yeah. It, okay. So, so okay. Let's let's get into it now. So where do you want to start? You want to try uh, your best guess at a synopsis? Yes, that's how this is going to go. Is I I am going to try and walk us through this film, and you will interject, and maybe we'll start talking about some stuff. But uh, let's see how far I can get with. Yep. Um, because it was also hard to hear sometimes, and so I'm trying to listen, and it's a good test. But so the movie starts with. This guy, I forget his name already. Jacob Katedreuf. Ja- Jacob Katedreuf. Mm-hmm. Katedreuf. Katedreuf. Ja. Jacob Katedreuf. And he is... Played by Fetja van Uet. Who, and he looks like Rami Malek. He does, yeah. He yeah. looks like Dutch Rami Malek. He's got that Dutch chin, which you kind of have too. It's like a little bit of a dimple. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, you're right, I guess. Yeah. Um, so he's walking into a warehouse. Well, mm-hmm. we, the first shot is of a canal, mm-hmm. which I think lets you know that this is a movie set in the Netherlands. And then he's, it's like 1920s, and he's walking into a warehouse on a harbor, and he's confronting some guy that looks like a, I thought he was going to be like a mafioso. Okay. This movie started, and I thought it was going to be like some mob type movie, some like Al Capone type. And because this guy walks in, this Jacob character walks in and he's confronting him. He slams a knife down in front of him and he's calling him out for, you know, like, hey, I did all this without you. Or I don't know. He's like angry at him. And then he kind of walks away and all huffy puffy. And the, the next thing we know, he's getting arrested. No, he he walks away, and then they have a little bit of exchange where the guy that he's confronting, who we later learn to be his father, his like biological father, mm-hmm. says congratulations. He's like, I don't want your congratulations. Like you always tried to push me down, and then he's like, or did I always try to help you? Then he walks out, and he has a I don't know, he changes his mind, and he runs back in, and he it like cuts with him jumping over the desk to presumably kill his father. Mm-hmm. Because then the next thing we know, he's getting arrested. Yeah. And then they start interrogating him. And basically the whole story you're following from that point is him sharing his life story with the detective, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the whole story is told from his perspective of, yeah, telling the detectives exactly. And you're, as the audience, led to believe that he did it because they show the knife that he had slammed down on the desk, and you are led to believe that he killed this guy. Yeah, yeah. and at least one of the detectives uh, really believes so. And then another detective comes in, and he sits him down for the interrogation, and that's when he gets more of a fair chance to explain his story. Yeah, you get a little good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Yeah. Type uh, thing. And then what happens next? I mean, I, like already I was still thinking this is a mob. I can't see people in the 1920s with trench coats and like big floppy hats and it's dark and rainy. And without, I'm, and without I'm, yeah, I'm like, they're, they're, running, they're running alcohol. Like I know prohibition was not a thing here, <laughs> but this is definitely going to be a movie about prohibition and smuggling goods 
but it's not. No, it's not. At no, all. No. It's really far from that. <laughs> no, because his father, what is his profession? He, uh, Duurwaarde. Yeah, which means something like debt collector or bailiff, as Google Translate has told me. Yeah, yeah, debt collector. When you see the movie, you realize he is a debt collector. Yeah. But it's not like... He how- evicts people from their homes. I guess he's he's also um, in the in the real estate business. Yeah, it's kind of like I... you. He winds up... Seems to be working for banks mostly. He controls banks. He oh, Okay, he controls yeah. the banks. Like the one bank that Katte uh, Dreuven goes to is owned by him, he later finds out. Oh, okay. So... It's that's a weird position professionally to be in. It's like you're the muscle, and then you own the bank that you're being the muscle for. the The guy has some issues emotionally, yeah. and he is very cold. So what uh, what happens next? Stone so cold. so yeah. we Jacob is being interrogated, and then we go back. Yeah, he shares his, shares his early memories. Yeah, and we, I he, well, he's not alive at this point, but then we get. Um, what's the name of the debt collector guy? The debt collector guy. The, the dad is called Dreverhaven. And he's played by Jan de Clare. Does he have a first name so that I don't have to keep saying Dreverhaven over and over again? No, I think Dreverhaven is what we will call him. Sorry. Okay, oh, okay so... God damn it. Dreverhaven. <laughs> and so many syllables for like, can his name just be Jan? <laughs> there is a good scene where uh, we'll get to it. Um, okay, so we go back and we get... Uh, Dreverhaven evicting people from their homes. Yep. And you see that he is like cold and merciless. Yeah, and because there's a woman who is pretending, we should say. Yeah, so he, pretending you think to be he's dying. cold and merciless, but he's actually kind of smart. Like he, yeah. he must have seen this trick before. Yeah, she pretends to die so she cannot be evicted. And, and then he, he just will, he, he probably grabs her bat, throws it out on the street and then turns it over. So she's laying down on the street and then she happens to... Uh, be, I, I don't know, fit enough to stand up and go after She's him. She's totally fine, yeah. So that's kind of our introduction to him. And then he, it's... Like the whole city hates him. That's basically the vibe. Yeah, he's like the sheriff of Nottingham. Like he's just like a bad guy. Yeah. A bad capitalist. Yeah. I mean, this is a movie about capitalism. True, because there's an, a communist in the movie. Yeah. That's com- Play, com- played by Hans Kesting. Who... Looks like someone I know, but uh, okay. yeah, <laughs> that's all I can think about <laughs> while seeing him. Okay, so Dreverhaven is a bad guy, and then um, we see that he's in his home, and he has like a maid. Yep, and she she is, plays a record in her room, and then he is horny, and I'm guessing he rapes her. Um, it's I couldn't tell yeah. if. So it's like this typical thing they do in movies where they turn away the camera once the action starts and they uh, zoom in on the the record player. Um, so, but the way he walks in, he doesn't ask her anything. I mean, especially in this Me Too era, but even before this was a thing, the the way he goes about it is plainly wrong. And of course, he's your employer. She lives in his home, so I'm guessing rape, but we never really hear about it no yeah they don't go into it at all but the next thing that we see is that she comes in and she says i'm prepared what did she say 
Um, she, yeah, she had this really old-fashioned way of saying it. I'm in position. Yeah. Ik ben in positie, which is, is something you don't hear anymore in Dutch. No. And she is in position to give birth, <laughs> and then yeah. she basically... She leaves him, she or leaves. She, she quits as a mate for him, yeah. we should say. Um, and she decides to have the baby. He wants to take care of the baby. He is incessantly sending letters and money, or offers for money... You know, he sends a check, I think. Yeah, and it, I think the first letter he says is just three words: "Vanier trouwenve." Yeah. When are we getting married? Yeah. And she keeps sending them back. True. And which makes me think that yeah, there was some definitely you know not consent or agreement in this creation of a child. Yeah. Because why else? And we should say at this point, the mother is super stubborn. That's how you see her. Throughout the whole movie, uh, and I get—I mean, I get where she's coming from. Not saying that she should marry this guy, but she really has her own ways um, and is really set on them and doesn't really change her mind ever in the movie. No, she. Everyone in this movie is emotionally immature. Yeah, you could say so. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the girl who falls in love with is not emotionally immature. I would say, but that's the only character, and she's quite a flat character. Oh yeah, we'll we'll get to her. Yeah. But yeah, she is not used to the full extent that she could have been no. used to. No. Um okay, so Dreverhaven is trying to get involved in this lady and his child's life and she is not having it and they're struggling financially yep. and you know, they're um and he's being picked on by his uh, classmates oh, for yeah. being a bastard. Yeah, so the kid's born, and now he's in grade school. And, yeah, he gets called a bastard, which yeah. is the same word in English, but with bastard. an extra A. And, yeah, the kids run up to him, and they say, your mother's a whore. And they knock him down, and they spit on him. Yeah, literally what happens, yeah, a few times even. That seems so like extreme. Like, how do children even understand like i could hear uh probably their parents talk about it and he's well but i mean he's well known right he's notorious in the city of rotterdam dreverhaven is so his dad so and but one thing that's never really cleared up in the movie is how many people know that he's the son of dreverhaven they know he's a bastard but they probably don't know that he is the father right no i mean that's why they were so surprised because he uh winds up getting uh, arrested because mm-hmm. some kids run by him. I don't know if they're his friends or like if no, he was just caught. No. Some kids his age run by, they've stolen bread, they throw bread into his hands, and then he has to start running as well. Oh, and then they, bad they all, move on his part. Yeah, it's like, hey, man, you shouldn't have been there, you <laughs> no. know. Uh, but it's, yeah, he, he just goes with it, and he's in jail again. At this time, maybe he's like 10, 11. Yeah, I would say so. And... Then we get the smart kids where the cops asking, "What's your name?" And then kid one goes, "Janssen." Kid two goes, "Janssen." Kid three goes, "Janssen." I mean, kid they, four they, goes, "Janssen." <laughs> they could have been talking the truth. I mean, yeah, Janssen is I the mean, most common Dutch name. That so. is that. That is one of the yeah. few jokes that I got. Yeah. Um, the, the the cop only notices this when he comes to, I think. The third kid. Like after two Janssens, he's like, yeah, perfectly fine. Yeah, this this could be the, a, a real reality. And yeah. it still is the most common Dutch I, name. I guess so. Last yeah. surname. So, And then he gets to uh, 
Jakob. Mm-hmm. And the cop is definitely, they, <laughs> the cop is a pedophile, yep. which comes out of nowhere. And he runs his billy club up Jakob's leg. Mm-hmm. I guess, presumably touches his ball sack. And then he goes back around and then he hits, beats the shit out of the first kid in line. Yep. And then they all say their real actual name, no. which is not Janssen. They all yep. have other names, yep. which is also kind of like you think at least one of them maybe would have, <laughs> especially at this time. Um, and then we get to Jacob and he says, uh, yep. his father, who is instead of Katadreuven. Yeah. Yeah. Which their names are like kind of, they both have a, a DR in it, which got confusing at a while. Mm, okay. Dr- Drave and drove and maybe we should mention at this point that the movie is based on a famous Dutch novel from the 30s, yes, um, written by F. Bordewijk, yes, with, who has a lot of uh, streets named after him. You might know some some of them. A lot of Dutch towns have a street named after him. So this is really a classic Dutch book. Have not read it, I should say. Um, and I'm guessing both names, Katadreuve and Dreverhaven. The, the reason why there are like probably has some symbolic meaning, right? He 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 looked the name is similar, but it's not the same. It, it's probably why I chose them. Well, what what do they translate to? Translate them for us. Pooh, katadreuve. I don't. As far as I know, doesn't really mean anything. Dreverhaven, a haven is a harbor. Dreven could be derived from drijven, um, which means to. Uh, um, lay in the water to float to float thank you so float float in the harbor float in the harbor and his his whole warehouse is in the harbor I think he does most of his business in the harbor so maybe that's why he chose his name but I'm not sure and Katadreuve doesn't really mean anything as far as I know okay so maybe the main the names have some symbolism maybe they don't yeah um, and so Jakob says his name is Dreverhaven, and then the cops are like, oh, oh shit. shit, we arrested, you know, yeah. this guy's kid. Like, we're going to get in trouble now. Mm-hmm. And then Dreverhaven shows up, and they show they, him. They, the, they go out and get him. Yeah, and, and Dre, at this point, Dreverhaven knows that this is his actual son. Yeah. Because he had seen them with his mother, and his mother's a ginger. She's very recognizable. <laughs> um, and we later find, find out uh, near the end of the movie um, what he did just before he saw them. And you know what he did? He floated in the harbor. Yep, he did. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there is something to the name. <laughs> he had jumped overboard or something. Yeah. yeah. It's, weird, weird story. It's not very clear. No. Um, and we're getting a bit off. To, yeah. There's a, this is a long movie. It's a two-hour movie. And we are 10 minutes in. Yeah. Okay. So, Dreverhaven looks at him looks at Jacob and says, that's not my kid. Then Jacob is put in a cell, and that same pedof- pedophile cop comes to presumably rape him. Again, he, this he, comes he out will, of nowhere. He will definitely rape him. He is, that, and and then Jacob bites off his nose and yep. escapes. Yeah. Good for Jacob. Yeah. Yeah, so was there, were there issues with pedophilia in the police force in the 20s here? Uh, not that I know of. Or do they just need to put him in a position of struggle or like to show that so. he's a fighter? Yeah. Yeah. And I um, maybe we're jumping a big, 
bit back and forth, but I think one of the main things that his father, Dreverhaven, does, at one point he says to his mother, um, I'm strangling him for nine tenths, so for 90%, um, and the 10% that I'm not strangling him will make him stronger. Sort of like a Nietzsche, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger type of vibe. There's um, great parenting. And, and that's definitely what he's doing in this case, because he, he has, a, I guess, the opportunity to save him from going to jail in this case. Um, and he doesn't. And then he puts him right into the hands of a pedophile. It's not clear if he knows, of course, if there's a pedophile on the police force, but he knows he's putting him in jail, basically, by, by, not, um, by not telling the police that it is his actual child. Um, but it does make him stronger because he has to fight, well, not literally for his life, but in a way he does. And he bites off the nose and manages to escape. Yeah. So, yeah, we see that he has something in him and we see that his dad is an asshole. Yep. Uh, we already knew that his dad was an asshole. We thought maybe, because he seems to love the mom, but you don't really get any motivation as to why he does. Yep. Like yeah. you see them in like one shot together before he goes and rapes her. Uh, so I don't know. He's desperate. He yeah. He he's he's a flawed character. The got the character. Yeah. yeah. Oh oh yeah. So yeah. at some point they say character yeah. in the movie. Um. So what happens? What else is kind of maybe? They, no, are we going to do the whole plot? Are we going to spoil the whole movie? Or oh yeah yeah yeah. Spoilers yeah. ahead. Yeah, yeah yeah. You know, some people might not even be able to find this movie. It sure. is on Vimeo. So. Yeah, but without subtitles. Without subtitles, yeah. You can listen to this podcast while you watch the movie as a yeah. compendium of yeah, yeah, yeah. what's happening. <laughs> we will take two hours talking about the plot. <laughs> now we're tired and we'll, we'll call it quits. Yeah, well, we took a break halfway through. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Another important thing, while he's young, they move into a new flat or something and yep. he finds a bag of books under the stairs. And in there's an encyclopedia encyclopedia that only goes up to T, the letter T that I caught that. I caught that about half hour later. Okay. When they talk about it. Yeah. So he's, he's getting like book smart. He's this kid from the streets who's learning how to read and he's too smart for his own good or like he has potential. And he's not only learning how to read, he's um, learning English as well. He is learning English. Yeah. He's, he sees a photo of an elephant and he says, Olifant, yeah, and his mom looks at him, and she's like, oh. "She doesn't help him at all." Yeah. So he's a self-made kid, but for sure. Yeah, classic rags. Well, not rags to riches, but rags to. Oh, well, it he, ends he, with riches. Yeah, yeah. He he eventually becomes a the lawyer that he wants to be, and yeah, and he, I mean, jumping ahead again, but he inherits the fortune of his father. But is that a rags to riches story? That's kind of just like inheritance. Yeah, okay. you know? yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, that's interesting. I mean, that's how a lot of money still exists in the Netherlands. So, so maybe his father wants to give him a rags to riches um, experience. His dad is definitely a rags to riches case. You can tell in his yeah. personality. Yeah. But maybe he wants to do that for his child as well. Uh, oh, at first he wants to get married. So that's his main goal, right? Getting married to his mother um, and I guess taking care of them financially. Yeah. Yes. I mean, sending the checks says as much. Um, but when that doesn't happen, maybe then he decides, I want you to make it in this world um, on your own strength and sometimes I will poke you, I will um, um, make you stronger as he thinks he's doing 
Um, and that leads him to having a sort of rags to riches life. Is that safe to say? Yeah, but it didn't felt like he ever, like, because like a rags to riches story is like a Dutch movie that I have seen. Mm-hmm. Kraumelche. Hey. Which is real, like, it, I mean, Oliver the, the, Twist type. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. In uh, tone, the movie could not be any more different, but I guess the setting, like all the little kids with their hats oh, and yeah. shit, no, it's, it's, I, it's definitely the same. I really think, and I'm, I think someone once told me the story. So, the, yeah, this movie is set in the late 20s, early 30s in the Netherlands, and Kramacha is around that time, maybe earlier. I'm not sure, actually. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll watch that next Christmas. So, stay tuned. <laughs> Maybe with our friend. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think I had asked someone, I was like, where do they film these movies? And someone said like, oh, there's some like soundstage in Friesland that like, it just looks like an old Dutch town. Okay. And they go and film all the old Dutch movies there. They definitely did not film this there. No, this doesn't look like Friesland. No. I think they shot most of it in Antwerp. So it's set in Rotterdam. They filmed some of it in Rotterdam, I think. But most of Rotterdam has been demolished in the war, the Second World War. Yes. So um, I think to look for uh, similar locations, they mostly went to Antwerp. And I, think I, I wanted to say that it was on... Because like, I know what the Haven areas in Amsterdam look like. Yeah. And they look similar, but not the same. So yeah, Antwerp, maybe Gent? Yeah, I, I think... Let me... I'm going to cheat. So I'm going to try and run the plot ahead a little bit. So what do we got? We got... Uh, Jacob's learning how to read in English and he's learning a lot and he is kind of jumping from job to job and uh, his mom takes in uh, someone to sublet one of their rooms in their apartment and that guy is a communist so there's a little bit of a communist element to this and they don't really go too deep into the communism part of it. It's just kind of letting you know that there is some other party there combating the brutal capitalism of uh, Dreverhaven. Uh, Jacob thinks that he's stumbled upon some great business opportunity to buy a cigarette shop. Cigar shop, yeah. At the end of a dead-end street. And they're saying, like, no one's going to come down this street. Like, they're not even going to know that there's something here. And they talk about rain. Probably a theme in most Dutch movies. Yeah. It rains in this movie, if Uh you can believe it. And You know what? It rains in the Netherlands, too. (laughs) And it has been a very wet... 2021 was a very wet... Yeah, wet year as most years are. No, that's not true. Like, yeah, not since you moved here and, and climate change. No, happened. yeah, now that's... we get now we get like serious droughts. Okay, so I looked it up in the meantime. Antwerp, most of it, but also Hamburg, oh. In Germany. Oh yes, Gent, as you've mentioned. Yeah, The Hague, The Hague. Yeah, um, and that's where their office is. I think I'm pretty sure that yeah, the office yeah. that he was right. is right. Um, Lange Pote, something like that? It's where uh, West Den Haag is. It's like, yeah, that square. Yeah. Uh, I've been there. Looks yeah. familiar. And yeah. somewhere in Poland, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this. What did they need to film Oklahoma. in Poland? The snow? <laughs> yeah, it snows in this movie, which I was, which is really like, yeah. okay. yeah. No, it, when I was growing up, there was a lot of snow in the Netherlands. Believe you me. We had the Elfstede Tocht. It was freezing all the time. Yeah, maybe we'll have to watch a movie about the Elfstede and talk. We will. There's, there's a movie about the Elfstede is it? Yeah. Is it good? The Hell of 1963. Oh, yes. Okay. Everyone loves, everyone in the Netherlands, when you talk about cold weather, everyone's like, oh, well, in 1963, the Iselmere froze and you could drive your car across it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I come from Chicago, people. You know, we know, you know, 
talk to me when Lake Michigan freezes, you know? Okay. Fair point. Um, let's take a break. So we've gotten it to the point he bought. Well, no, not break yet. He buys, he takes out a loan. Yep. After failing to get one, he takes out a loan. 900 gulden, which is 900 guilders. Yes. Which, uh, inflation-wise, in 100 years. I have no idea what that amounts to now, but might be quite quite a lumpy sum, actually. Yeah. If When when you guys had to trade in your... From fil- euro to gulden, that's it, like 2.2. Yeah. So this is probably... 400 euro. 400 euro, 100 years of inflation. We both did I not study economics, ten, but let's, let's say, say let's it's say 10. like 10, 20 grand or something, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Which is a lot for somebody who hasn't studied yet um, and is basically just wanting to open a shop. Yeah, I mean... In a dead-end street. I mean, this is, you know, also a common thing is they didn't check his credit score. They just gave him the money. And they're like, okay, if well, you can't pay... a, a lot gonna... of banks did not give him the money, we should say. Yes, and but eventually he did get it. important plot point because he is happy that he finally found a bank. Oh, yes. But, of course, his father knows this. Because his father owns... This particular bank. I think Volksbank. Credit. Yeah, Volks no, Credit Volks Bank. Bank, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So he gets the money, and he's been swindled. Because he bought the place, like he bought the building, and, and he inventory. bought the inventory, and the yeah. inventory was nothing. True, yeah. It was not... Was non-existent. He's not good at deal making at this point. Let's. <laughs> so, so now he's on the hook now for this nine hundred gilder, 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 gilden, gilden, and then the debt collectors start coming for him. And there's this whole thing. Like, there's so much. This is what got confusing. It's like I thought this was a mobster movie, and now all of a sudden uh, it's kind still of at like this a, point. No, no, no. In the okay. beginning, I thought, but now all of a sudden it's kind of like a financial drama. <laughs> <laughs> So Dutch. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it really uh, let's is. Let's focus like, on yeah, yeah, administrative like, shit. There is so much stuff about banking and... and, and uh, True. Even uh, a lot of uh, movies about the Second World War, they focus on a financial aspect. I know very little about banking and finance in general. And then to get it in another language mm-hmm. is even like, okay, I think simply put, he owes money mm-hmm. and they're going to keep coming after him and he's trying to wiggle his way out of it. Yeah. And in the end, they agree on him. Uh, okay, now we're skipping something now. Because he gets a job. At a bank. Is it a bank? No, it's not a bank. I don't think so. No, I think it's uh, an advocatenkantoor, so a lawyer's office. Is it? Okay. I would say so, yeah. That it wasn't, yeah. There wasn't a lot of money exchanging hands, so no. And I mean, he studies to become a lawyer, so oh, well, banks have lawyers, yeah, that's true, that's true. But yeah, I think it is a lawyer's office yeah. of some sort. And why does he go there? He goes there because he has to go there for his debt, so he goes there on personal business, you might say. Um, and once he's there, he has this like epiphany walking in there and seeing the hustle and bustle of the office. Oh, yeah, that's and a good like, scene, yeah. Ah, yeah, like this he, is my purpose in life. He's going to this land and he shows up and yeah, it's this beautiful kind of Gregorian square in The Hague. And all of a sudden now it's like green and there's sunlight and there's no rain. And up until then it had all been like cold yeah. concrete and wood and brick. Um 
Yeah, and there's beautiful... And he, but he walks up to it, and there's a nameplate on the building. Yeah. With the names of the lawyers. And he thinks that he sees his name... Yeah. Reflecting. Like yeah. A golden reflection hits him in the, in the eyes, in, in his face, and he sees his future. And... God, he could not try any harder to like fuck up his own future throughout the course of this movie. Like it's somewhat you would think like he's oh like he has this epiphany, he wants to be a lawyer, all these things. And it seems just like he is standing in his own way at every every step. I get what you're saying, but um let's not underestimate the 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 classicism that's still relevant in the 1920s and to this day you could argue but um I, they really look at him like a street rat basically people are working at the office not everybody of course he has his mentor played by Victor Lowe. is that the guy that i liked yeah, yeah okay yeah, so yeah now we meet the best character in the movie presumably yeah yeah victor Lowe. yeah that that's the actor's name yeah yeah and i don't know what the character's name is uh, a lot of people get referred to by their last name. Yeah, well, lawyers. Is that a lawyer thing? You know how they are, yeah. I don't call Kawing Falconer. He's not a lawyer. No, okay, he went to law school. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Which in my mind makes you a lawyer, so. Okay, De Gankelaar. That's the name of the character of Victor Lowe. De Gankelaar. Yeah. No first name. Nope. Okay. And the other partner is called Rentenstein. Which is funny because Renta a- is... Uh, what, uh, what's that thing when you don't pay something and then you get more, the Vic. The more added <laughs> on top of it? Uh, interest. interest. Okay. This is not a financial podcast. <laughs> what's the thing? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. Like I could pull up the word renta quite easily. But yeah. Uh, yeah in, Th- this is in, what happens when you live in the Netherlands for a decade. Yeah. My, you start uh, forgetting English words. I really you know? do. Um and so he, he walks in there because he has to settle something, whatever. Oh, the, the debt, of course. The debt. Yeah. And he basically very astutely, in his defense, I was just kind of talking him down, but astutely he says to this Victor Liu mm-hmm. guy. The Hankalar. The Hankalar, I want a job. Or like, you're going to give me a job or let me have a job. Yeah. And I don't want to be uh, arrogant, he says. But I am kind of smart. I'm smarter than what I look like. Something he says, something along those lines. So maybe, maybe his like resourcefulness is just lost on me in translation. Okay, because he has this puppy dog face the whole movie, and he True. always looks like he's always scared. And that doesn't change. We should say, like, there is no character development in that sense. He maybe up to the point that he jumps his dad, then his like his. You see a bit of fire in his eyes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. But I think up to that point, he just looks like a pretty boy who doesn't know what's happening to him. He he looks so confused and so scared the entire time. Even a bit like a puppy. Yeah, he yeah. is. I think I do think he does a good job in this movie because um, whatever is lacking in that regard more has to do with the story itself, the script. Yeah, I, I think I, I, he's that, getting played basically for ninety five percent of they, the movie. They don't give him any room to grow, or they let's say they give him opportunities to grow, but it never comes out in his. He the, just studies a lot. They, they really depict him as a nerd, I guess. Yeah, as as if the only way that he can grow is like by reading books and like getting yeah. his first degree and getting his second degree, which might be like how it worked back then, right? If you come from that background, 
the only way you can prove you're worth something and you belong in that lawyer's office is by being book smart, by knowing the rules. And so that's... And, and it's languages, of course. So let's get to a, a cultural difference here. 1920s America, I mean America leading up to then as well, was if you worked hard enough, you could get to where you want to be, in theory. Yeah, and an it, illusion, obviously. Yeah, I mean, there are people, there are people that worked hard and yeah. grew a business, you know, from the $10 that they came over with from Ireland, and then, I don't know, then they become a Kennedy or something. Yeah. Um, and that, in the American perspective, it's all hard work. Yeah, education can play a role, but really, you got to work hard, you got to hustle, and you get where you want to be. And then you're saying for this, it's really like, no, you have to learn, you have to learn, you have to learn. Yeah, but that is hard work in a way, right? I, I think there are two things at play here. Um, I think the whole Rex to Riches thing is not um, a Dutch narrative in general. It is, of course, the, like the American dream, like the, 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 the most well-known American narrative, you might say. Um, but I think the other thing is we, we, we might just not really grasp the subtleties of the, the classicism that's at work here. Because like the rentenmeester guy, one of the lawyers who works at the office, he's really set on making him fill, basically. He tells him right from the, the start, you came in here and you performed a play, he said. You, you, you were, um, he, he basically accuses him of, of just being a talker and not knowing anything. And he says, coming where you're coming from, you will never make it to the top. Let's get that clear right now. And he reminds him uh, of this like a few years down the line. Yeah, until that guy winds up getting fired. <laughs> and then he's like super <laughs> resentful and then he walks okay. out. Um, so is this an American dream movie? What do we see here? Uh, no. What's the difference? What's the difference between the path of Katadreuve and a typical American dream story? He, Jakob Katadrova doesn't step on as many people as maybe you would think in an American movie. Like you have to, you get to the top by like stepping on the backs of others. Okay. Or I think in an American rags to riches story would be something more like a Kralmacha where it's a bit more romantic and romanticized. Yeah. And the. It's quite a dark movie. This is a dark. Even if he climbs to the top. It's always... Um, he's not going to have the life he wants. He's basically on a leash by his dad. So even if he succeeds in something, he f feels like, and I think it mostly it's the truth, he feels like it's only because his dad lets him have that little bit of freedom, still like going back to the point of his dad saying uh, he strangles him for 90% and the freedom, the 10% that is left, makes him work harder. That's basically what happens with him throughout the movie, right? He takes that 10%, works on that but that's a good always that, restricted that is a good point the i the i think the role of classism is right because in the netherlands i mean of course in early 20th century america there's old money the idea of old money exists but of course the netherlands being around for longer you had royal families and you had royalty and you had all these or entrepreneurs um their enterprise mostly being... Uh, what, Phillips? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, way earlier. I mean, the whole... All the slave trade. trade, trade. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that money goes way back. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's say there... Yeah, there's, let's say there's... For the sake of the story, let's say there's more gatekeepers yeah. here. And 
he can't go anywhere. America, you could always go west, basically, okay. and uh, like you know, settle down wherever you want. And the Netherlands is about as big as a big city in the, in the U.S. I mean, this this movie, <laughs> and one of my complaints about this movie is that there's there's no wide shots. Everything is filmed super tight, mm-hmm. and the only setting you really get to see is office building, office building, apartment, alleyway, and you get to go to a park once. Yeah, but does it would it serve the plot if you would have more wide shots? I think if we would want to go into this uh, particular subject, I think what why the movie is so dark, like literally. Um, I mean, the, 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 obviously they chose to have as a minimal amount of lighting at at all scenes, whether it's inside or outside. A lot of it uh, is playing in nighttime. A lot of the pivotal scenes are, um, and I think that. Like one of the reasons I would presume uh, that they're doing this is that they want you to focus really on the characters. It's not about their environment. It's not about the country. It's not about any of that. It's really, I mean, the, the movie is called Character. So it's really, it delves into what does it mean to be the son, the, the bastard son, I should say, of this um, mother who's basically a mute um, and the father who is one of the most hated men in the city. Like what what sort of opportunity does that give you as a young this, man? And it's good you bring up the mother and character because now I'm remembering where and what context they say the title of the movie because they only say it once. I only clocked it once. Yeah. And he's it's a shot of him narrating him and his mom on a tram, and basically he says, "Her." It, that's when I realized that her and I have very different characters. Yeah, we will never be close because we have such different characters which made me think immediately his character also does not match his father's character right you would assume so like if you would not have watched the movie and one of the main characters says about his mother that's when i realized we do not have the same character you would assume his character will will be similar to his father who's had him out of wedlock but that's not the case, right? Or or is the movie trying to tell us that they are actually the same? That they are both stone cold? Uh, yeah, you would think that, sure, he's not like his mom, he's more like his dad. Like, that would be a typical trope. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. I don't think he's like... he's. I mean, he's like both of them in the sense that he's emotionally closed off. Yeah. But other than that, he's the only one that has like a dream of... He talks way more than both his mom and his dad. He's, as very, far as we know. he's very chatty. Oh. And he, he rambles and he mumbles and mutters. At and one point he makes a speech and he ends the speech by saying, I'm sorry, that got a bit preachy. And that's definitely true. Once he gets going, he just doesn't stop. He's like, yeah, I love books. I, I clocked like the first sentence of that speech. <laughs> And then the rest of it, I was like, uh, whatever. <laughs> like, I, I, this is not the dialogue was not super important. I felt because you just saw it all. There in his were face. some good. There were some good lines. We, we, we might go into that later. Yeah. So, no. but let's wrap this because you would ask, you know, like what the difference could be. Yeah. So I say, okay, you could get the romanticized view of the rags to riches story. You could have the climbing on the backs of others story. You could have the rich person philanthropist kind of lifts you up, you know, pulls you out from the street, and then you know, brings you to whatever. Um, you could go west 
I, I, you know, that's more in the Western era. Yeah. And Rotterdam is already in the West, so you would just go into the North Sea. Yeah, you, you can only go into the ocean. Oh. Yeah, so he is very much, and sure, your point, what, yeah, it's a good question. What would having wide shots bring to the story? Nothing other than it would look nice and it wouldn't feel so claustrophobic. But yeah, in, but in a sense, point, but right? that's the yeah. idea is that he's yeah. kind of trapped here. You want it to feel claustrophobic, I yeah. guess. And, and it does feel claustrophobic and it is, yeah, it's dark, it's uncomfortable. I feel like the artistic choices they made, either the director or the cinematography team, um, I, I think they work for this movie. I think it's a bit long for having such... It's a long time to spend in this world. Okay. Uh, well, I should say at this point that generally I like my movies to be like one and a half hours long. 90 minutes, perfect for a feature film. But You have to earn two hours. Yeah. yeah. And it, 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 They could lose, but I feel like this would most... Even my favorite movies, I feel like they could lose 15 minutes. This could definitely lose 15 minutes. Yeah. And but not 30 minutes. No, but your favorite movie is Casino? Yeah, I would say so. Which no. is three and a half, three yeah. hours? And they could lose 45 minutes probably. Yeah. But I don't mind living in the world of that movie because Scorsese keeps it moving. Yeah, no, but it, it drags on a bit after a while. Yeah. It, you, you just go start going in circles. Like you, they, not to talk too long about Casino, but at one point you know what they're getting at. Like, you know how, how that role is going to end, and they just spend another hour going downhill. It's... Is it Ray... Who... Is Ray Liotta also in... No, that's Goodfellas. Yeah, okay, so it's just De Niro. De Niro. Joe Pesci's in it Joe as well. Joe Pesci. Yeah. Sharon Stone, of course. As Sharon Stone. I, I always get the two confused. Yeah, I guess, I guess why. But, it, like, Goodfellas Casino, it's like... They're long. Well, yeah. co- well comparing it to this movie... Not in terms of budget or Scorsese being... A or even story. Incredible, way, yeah. Totally different stories. But basically no. the idea is like, at a certain point, I did not want to spend another minute in this guy's shoes because he makes me so uncomfortable. Okay. Like, no. he is so emotionally inept. Yeah, okay. Well, I did catch myself screaming at one point at the screen, saying something. Okay, we should talk about his love interest now because I think that's... All right, well, th- that's let's, more of a, so let's take a break. Okay. And then we will come back. And this is what do we, this this is the Dutch film podcast. I'm Gregor Marcus. I'm Erik van Bemmelen. And we're talking about Karakter. the 1997 film Karakter. Karakter. Welcome back to the Dutch film podcast. My name is Gregory Marcus, and my name is Erik van Bemmelen. And this is the podcast where we talk about Dutch movies. Yep, that's why it's called the Dutch Film Podcast. And we are talking the movie Karakter. Karakter, indeed. 1997. Yes. Mike Van Diem, Oscar. Funny enough, I whenever I see Van Diem, okay. I look I looked him up and I expected him to be related to... Um, uh, I'm curious where you're going. What's his name? The... The famous like kung fu martial arts uh, Belgian, the muscles from Jean-Claude Brussels. Van Damme? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I was thinking Van Diem, <laughs> or maybe it was Casper no. uh, Van Diem was an actor, but he's from Florida. He's like okay. he's like old Dutch, but not from Netherlands. Anyway, so in this, he's a capitalist. Yeah. Okay. We are talking about character, and before we went away to go to the bathroom and make tea, and you listen to a commercial. 
And you listen to a commercial. Yeah, we'll have to find out which one that was. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Buy whatever they yeah, were buy selling. Buy whatever they're selling, yeah. Uh, we left off. He is basically, he weaseled his way into a job at a law office because he showed that he spoke English. Yep. And they should, they, they should teach you something, right? Learn Dutch and the sky's the limit. No, what I took away is, oh, <laughs> they, they need people that speak English here. <laughs> Okay. A real shortage of people that can speak English with yeah. some uh, degree of... Uh, and all he had to say was, <laughs> your appointment is late. Yeah, <laughs> he was like five minutes late. he's like late. coming later, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, because it, it seemed like everyone spoke a little English and they couldn't yeah. really just say like, he's late. Yeah, great. Yeah. 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 Anyway. That's how you get ahead in the world. Find a, find a hole, you yeah. know, fill, fill, fill a position. Yeah. Anyway, so he's trying to pay off this 900 Hilder debt that he has incurred. He gets this job. He's making 60 guilders a month mm-hmm. and basically he starts climbing up the ranks. Yeah. And he's paying off 15 guilder a month. Yeah. And eventually he pays it off. In three years time? Yes, in no. three years. There is, there are no title cards or any like no, no. subtitling. And this movie is set over the course of this boy's whole life. So like 30 years or something. Yeah. yeah. But... You don't get any idea. True. The settings do not change. The, the dress does not change. The only thing you know is that it's in the interbellum, so between two world wars, because you see nothing of the First World War and nothing of the Second World War. But that's basically... for. Uh, there are some exceptions. I think at one point they say on the, the 1st of February of 1924, he gets his first degree or that's whatever. That's the first time we got a... Like the first yeah. and only time we got a year. Yeah, true. Um, nah, I think they mentioned one year. But okay, whatever. It, they don't do not give you a lot of uh, clues. So he so so he oh. pays off his debt, and then what does he do? Get a new one. He takes on a new one, but this yeah. time for two thousand gilder. Yep, and now he knows it's his father lending it to him, and he's doing it kind of as like a fuck you. Uh, yeah, and he wants to get ahead in the world. He wants to study. He's paying for his uh, his law degree. Basically. Is that what he uses the money for? Yeah, that is expensive law school. Oh, law schools are expensive. Sure. I do. I, I mean, to be fair, I'm not totally sure what he's studying for because he's still not a lawyer. So I guess he just gets a, like a. He gets his like high school diploma or something, <laughs> like his GED. And then, I have no yeah, idea. So, he does something concerning law. He's going to school. He's always, everyone's always talking about that. Ah, you're always studying, you're always reading always with books. The books. He yeah. goes to the beach. That's a nice scene. Didn't bring I like his swimsuit. I like that brings scene. Brings his beach. Yeah, I, I will look up the exact quote. I wrote it down. And he, he yeah. says. Ik heb geen badpak bij mij, alleen maar boeken. Which translates to, I have no swimsuit, I only have books. Yeah, and he's in like a full three-piece suit. And yeah, he, he is... Wears a hat. He is I mean, not fun. Like no. this, You don't hang out with this guy because you want to have a good time. Okay, now that, now that we're on the subject of the beach. Yes. Uh, how did that whole setting... I mean, you, you were missing wide shots? Yes, I was missing wide shots, yeah. Okay, so how did you feel about the change of setting? Oh, well, I mean, seeing any other color than brown and gray was welcome. Okay. But. And the scene itself? I mean, they. Think about it? I mean, I think for so much of this as well, like, I think practically it would be hard for them to do a wide shot of the beach in the Netherlands, especially if they're kind of saying that they're in Den Haag or Scheveningen or wherever. Because if you were to get a wide shot, all of a sudden you get like all like the modern buildings and stuff and you would have to CG those out. It's hard in that area to find like a stretch of beach that you can get a wide shot at 
that doesn't have hotels built up. Maybe. You're but right. those hotels all exist. I mean, people were going... <laughs> to Scheveningen or whatever. For, yeah, no. I mean, famously for no. a long time. But anyway, it was nice to go to the beach. You see it. You see the dunes. Okay, but let's let, we're, we have failed to mention uh, an important character in this movie. I think we briefly mentioned her. Um, and she has a, like a pivotal scene at the beach. Or something happens. The presumable love in- interest, no. whose name I did not clock. Uh, ooh. Yeah. Mefrau Vajorgio. And uh, she's referred to different names. She gets different but, names. No. She's kind of got a mini driver type Lorna de Georges. Lorna de Georges. De Georges. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. You uh, hear that a few times. Yeah. I, I think we got a Lorna one time as well. Yeah. Um, okay, so... She works at the law office, mm-hmm. and her job is to translate to French. Yeah. And there's not even, like, a flirty lead-up to it. It's like maybe he sees her once, and there's a shot that might linger on her. And then at some point, they're together, and she says, hey, you live upstairs. Can I come okay. see your place? Yeah, and I think what's interesting, um, because, and it's, this is not due to the actress, but really the script, she's quite a flat character. Um, but you can tell from her eyes. I think she does act really well in that way. You can tell from her eyes that she wants a lot more from whatever scene she is in, uh, or scene. Like for her, that's real life, of course, in character. Um, and this Jacob Katterdreuf just for some reason manages to never say the right thing. Like he keeps fucking it up. It was really frustrating for me to watch. Like she basically, I mean, thinking this is the 1920s. And she she says to him, I'll come up to your room. And they're there together. And he still manages to not kiss her. And this this happens like four times in the movie that there's a perfect setting. And she's looking at him like, kiss me now. Tell me you love me. Yeah, like the sun is setting. They're on the roof. There's like a church of some sort. And he'll just start talking about books. Yeah. Or his mom. Or his mom. Or his dad. Yeah. Frustrating guy. Yeah. He's... And yeah, she's throwing herself at him. And then... They get to the beach, and coincidentally, she's there too. She doesn't believe in coincidences. But she does not believe in coincidences, no. And then out of one of those little changing cubby holes, which I think is such a European thing, a male voice comes, and it's some guy that she's with. Von Rhein, I think his name is. And then Jakob is like, oh, (laughs) hi. So he, you see, you see, he's his world caving in. Yeah, in like a way. all of a sudden, like he's he feels like insulted that she's with someone else, even though he has made no effort, zero effort. Yeah, yeah. You he, know, he's had all the chances. Like it's crazy, and he does not get to be mad at that point. Not at all. My view. No, and and what does he, what does he do? Runs away. He he leaves, yeah. and then it's a cut to the office, and then he's giving her like the silent treatment. Yeah, yeah, such a baby. Yeah, he really. Yeah. He has no character. I mean, like he was, you know, his mom didn't express emotions at all to him ever, so he was never raised. He doesn't know how to express himself. True. Not his fault. He's so cold and... He is only a bastard child, after all. Yeah, yeah, he is a bastard, yeah. So maybe he doesn't even believe in love or... I don't know. But anyway, so well, we got that, and then uh, he gets promoted internally, and he's rising the ranks, and he graduates graduates from his first school. 
law school, but yeah. it's not a lawyer yet. Yeah. yeah. And then he has a, they have a party for him. Does anything, oh yeah, he gives that speech at the party. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and like. And in the speech, I mean, it, it is interesting in a way. In his speech, he says, um, he basically talks about class without mentioning the word. He says, wherever you're coming from, if you work hard enough, and if you have a clear goal, that's the whole thing. If you have a clear goal and always keep that in mind, you can get there. He's just not saying, look at me, I did it. But this is obviously the, the subtext. I'm having a, an epiphany right now okay. about Dutch culture. So in Dutch culture, in Dutch society, you have two expressions. Do maar gewoon, dan ben je gek genoeg. Dan doe je al gek genoeg. Yeah. So that's basically just be normal and then that's already crazy enough. Yeah. Loosely translated. Mm-hmm. And then you have this idea of sessious culture. Okay. Yeah. Which is basically the American equivalent is C's and D's get degrees. Okay. Which is like you don't need to get you don't need to get A's. You don't need to be an outstanding student. You don't need student. to get tens. Yeah. yeah. You don't need yeah. to always do your best. Just do what's enough. Yeah, but I would not say that that is a thing that Dutch people um, want to to have as their work ethic, right? Have you worked here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, but you work in the <laughs> semi-public sector. Let's let's not get it twisted. Yeah. No. <laughs> no uh, but I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, of mine listening. If, yeah. <laughs> I don't know these colleagues. Um, I mean, even when the prime minister mentions sessious culture, he's not saying, "Look at us, we're doing fine with our sessious culture." No. So okay, but I mean, finish your point. So my my point, my basically where I'm getting is, is this was this something created by the Dutch monarchy, royal leading business class to keep to keep people at bay? Yeah, like like, hey, you know, you can just you know you can just get by on you know you you know CDs is enough. You're two grand a month, you know, and your fifty square meter apartment. You don't need any more than this. Like we're gonna take the rest of this. So maybe there there should have been a larger role for the communists in this story. The commu- so there's communists in this movie, and basically they exist to serve as punching bags for his dad. Oof, uh, yeah, in a way, because his dad, when he goes out for one of his uh, evictions, goes to a street that I guess has been squatted, um, and then uh, a communist unloads his gun at. Uh, Dreverhaven, um, and he misses all of the shots except for the last one. It sort of raises raise, a schampschot, great Dutch word. It raises him, uh, and then he's out of bullets and tries to kill him, but of course he can't. Played by Cas Janssen, by the way. Who is Cas Janssen? He's uh, a good actor. He's a good actor. We'll see him in other movies. We'll watch. Okay, and he's youngish. In he's this. young. Yeah. yeah, no spoken. Uh, or he has no text. No, but you see a, a, a fear in his eyes. You know, you can see that he's downtrodden. Yeah. And then one of the cops shoots him in the head. Yeah. Which I thought was like, oh, this is extreme. Like, you guys really did not like communists. Yep, that's, that's apparently what's happening. Yeah. Which I guess in the U.S. at the time, like, we also didn't like communists either. You still don't, right? Come on. No, no. Communist socialists, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we don't like them, yeah. Except for Russians, I don't know. It's confusing of who, when communists are good and when they're bad. I think from a U.S. perspective, you would also always say bad, right? Although Bernie might be changing a bit of that. Yeah, Bernie's Bernie's doing the Lord's work here for communism. But in any case, um, 
the communists. They really just are there to show the, what a mean character. What is. that he's mean, and that there is this no oppressed fear. society in the Netherlands that are just looking for housing. Yeah, which coincidentally is still the case. And we're back. Okay, we got interrupted by by the doorbell. The doorbell. It was not a package. Nope. Who was it? Sep. Sep. Uh, his two children, Laïs and Vesper, and his brother, Max, and his girlfriend. Seb is my dentist. Was my dentist. He is still my dentist. Do you tr- do you commute to Amsterdam? Yeah, yeah. For yeah. my teeth, I do. Yeah. Not for my friends. I should ask. I've been having tooth pain still for a while. Like, uh, call him. <laughs> you should have just mentioned it. Well, it's, well, it's his Sunday as well. I feel like every time I see him, I'm like, hey man, like I've got this thing, and usually he's like, hey, have you quit smoking? And yeah, you no. didn't. No. no, I didn't. Um, but we were talking about when we came back um, communism, communism, and we were talking about the housing crisis yes. and how in this movie people are getting kicked out of their homes. Yep, and there is still a very severe housing crisis. In, in 2022. Yeah. Because the Netherlands, for those of you that don't know, is the most densely populated country in the world. Nah. I would say Europe. Bangladesh beats us to that. But yeah, I think... Whatever. It's, it's very densely populated. It's extremely yeah. densely populated. Yeah. So there's just no space. No. No. Except for your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you trying to say? No, you know... I need, uh, I need to put some people in here? Yeah, well. We'll see. You're working on it. Um, so the communists are there, and then that's pretty much it. And they, they also, well, let's talk about his dad, because we haven't really talked about his dad a bit. So, oh, well, first, let's run through. Let's finish off the movie. Yeah. He uh, graduates law school. He's on a road to success. He's having fancy dinners or lunches. His mom dies, and then it ends... He fails to get the girl he by fails. his own accord. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. And, oh, yeah, big time. And then he knows that he messed up because then he sees her in a park no. and she has a baby. And his mother at that point tells him as much. Yeah, his mom's like, you're an yeah. idiot. She said, was she single when you first met her? He says, yes. And then, well, that means you're a donkey, something like that. Yeah. And, and then, so he's graduated from law school and he's supposed to be having this celebration and he's like, I'm going to go. Shove it in my dad's face, yeah. basically. Yeah. And thunderbolts. Is there thunder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's drama at that point. There's drama, yeah. yeah. It's dark. It's, he's running. And then we're back at the beginning. Yeah. And we see it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. We see it from the perspective of his dad. Yep. Who remember, he's being interrogated for the death of his father. So we finally get to see what really happened. And basically what happens is they have an exchange of words. Jacob gets upset, charges back in, jumps over the desk, tackles his dad, throws bookshelves down on them. Yeah, but let's, I mean, for a minute, let's stop at what happens in between. They start fighting and the father kicks his ass. Like the father is way better at fighting than the son is. Oh, I thought for sure, like it was going to be, he has to pull the knife out of. Yeah, self-defense in a way. Well, yeah, you couldn't say he started trying to, fight, to protect but, his yeah. own life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he, yeah, he gets the upper hand. He's an old. His dad's an old man. He throws his big bookshelf down on him. Yeah. He then he he sort of does everything but kill him. Yeah, like he gets to the point where he's trying to stab his dad, 
And then his dad grabs his hand and is like trying to pull the knife into him. Yeah. And says like, help me. Yeah. Yeah. Because he wants to die. Because he's a miserable bastard. You can say as much. Yeah. And then Jacob leaves. Yeah. And then... Cut back to the interrogation room. Yeah. Then they're like, We're oh. back in the present. Yeah. yeah. The present, yeah. Back at the beginning. And then they're like, that doesn't sound believable. And then one of the other cops is like, oh, no, it does, because we talked to the coroner yeah. and it all checks out. And then we see, well, we learned the cause of death, which was he fell and he had stabbed himself. There was a stab wound in the stomach and then cut back to the past. He did it to himself. His dad stabbed himself in the chest and jumped from... Six stories or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And... And then he inherits the fortune of his father. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's a bit surprised. Like his friend's like leading off, reading off the legal... His friend to communist, we should say. And he's, yeah. the, the first reaction of his friend to communist is, you're a capitalist now. Is that what he says? Yeah. Oh, okay. You're a capitalist. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And it, but Jakob's a bit surprised. Yeah. Because he thought it was going to be like, oh, now you have to like deal with the hand over the estate. And then it's like, oh, wait, no. It's I, already handed over to you. Yeah. And, and he signs it. And I think that's the, the whole point of the movie. He signs it. Your father. Your father. Yes. So we know that his dad's like been, his dad's terrible. Yeah. He's a bad guy. He's emotionally conflicted. He has a nightmare where he goes to kick out a bunch of communists and then they beat the shit out of him. He's naked. He's we naked. mention, I guess, every movie we're going to talk about in this series, there's a naked guy or girl. You don't see the ding-dong, really, mm-hmm. from a distance. Yeah. I mean, you could zoom in and see a ding-dong. There's ding-dong action going on. <laughs> he, does have, like he does have a penis, yeah. He does have a penis, yeah. And then there's a scene, basically, like, it's the same scene. So that was a dream. Yeah. Like, he, he basically gets killed by these communists. And then he has a... And then in real life, he kind of gives the same Such thing. an American nightmare, by the way. What, getting killed getting by killed communists? Getting killed by communists, yeah. yeah. Well, it was a nightmare. I see why they gave it, it an Oscar. People were worried about it for a long time. Uh, but then in real life, that happens. But he's not naked. And these communists come and confront him. And they leave, basically. And then, yeah, they leave yeah. peacefully. They're like, okay, I, like, we're not violent. Yeah. And I think then he has a bit of like a conflicted interest of like, why am I doing this? It's not too clear why he kills himself, I would say. You don't get all the... I mean, he's a miserable guy in all of his life, I would say so. He spent his life making other people's lives terrible. Yeah. But is, like, is it guilt why he kills himself? Guilt. Um, the only woman he ever loved dies. His son hates him. Yeah, but by oh, his he's own been court, trying to, of course. Yeah. It's hard to feel... Like, I want to feel sympathy for him, but it's hard. He doesn't make it easy for you to be like, oh. No, no. And I don't think you're supposed to feel sympathy for him. Um, I want to mention now briefly that he is played by a Belgian actor who does not try to hide his Belgian accent. Flemish, I should say. I, I, everyone's got a different accent in this movie. Yeah, the only one who has a, a typical Rotterdam accent is the communist, played by Hans Kesting, yeah. who is originally from Rotterdam. So okay. maybe that's why he got the accent right. But other than that, no. no. So that's the movie, basically, is a yeah. fucked up family, financial drama, 
And yeah, Jakob now inherits all this wealth. And I guess the question is, who does, what kind of person does he go on to become? And does he finally feel loved now that the, the letter of his inheritance is signed by his father rather than using his, his law name, like his firm name? That's the movie. Um, okay, so... Did um, I like it? What's yeah, the yeah, question? Th- 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 I think that's a good question. Um, I don't know if you would want to rate it from 1 to 5 or 1 to 10, but uh, coming away, uh, what do you feel? Would you recommend it to to people? I, I guess, the let's say the metric I'm going to use to recommend movies is does it give you an accurate depiction of Dutch life? Okay. In the 1920s, in this case. Yeah. Which is hard to judge, I guess right? in the 1920s and how it ripples throughout the past 100 years afterwards. And No. I would say if you're looking for a movie that gives you insight into Dutch society, there is too much subtext in this movie that you're not going to walk away. You're going to walk away thinking like, okay, it's a rags to riches type story about... So you need context to... You need context and you like need to want to know how debt works. Yeah, but, but do you, do you though? Because I think the main point is uh, why is his father treating him like this? And I mean, the movie is not called character for nothing. It's really about how do you build a character? That's what his father is trying to do, right? Yeah. So, I mean... And does he succeed in doing so? I guess from a perspective, you could say that he does. Yeah, in so much as, don't be like me. Yeah, but also, I mean, he he achieves more than you would expect um, him to do coming from his background. And do we think that that's really because of his dad? Um. Well, his dad puts him... In a way, his dad is a puppet master, of course, of his life. And that's what he finds out at one point when he, he's in a, in one of the lawsuits about that. Um, he's always like two steps ahead of him. So without him knowing it, he's um, being lent money by him or he knows the, the whole situation of his life way better than he does. And I guess every, everything he does... Um, is made possible by his father, but in a really sadistic manner, like not in a good way, not like you enabled me to grow. He, I think that's the pivotal thing in the in the movie. Like he strangles him, but not enough to kill him, and he thinks that's good parenting, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is a, <laughs> which is what it really fucked up. This is, this and is not I, a how-to on parenting. Wow. In, I've been saying, of course, like everyone in the world, well, in the world. A lot of people are watching that show, Succession. Yeah. Have you watched Succession? I've watched Succession. I guess you can draw I, some lines there. I, Watching Succession and watching this movie, I walk away in the same feeling of like, those are bad people. Mm-hmm. They are bad at communicating their feelings. Don't be like them. You yeah. Know? yeah. And don't feel like I'm someone, sure, my relationship with my family is very different since I moved away from home. But I think Jakob is trapped just like the children in succession are all kind of trapped by their father. And I don't know why. As soon Even as if they try to get away from him, both Jacob and the kids in succession, if they try to get away from him, they're still gonna, so related like, to him because yeah, they're trying to get away from him. Their dads are so desperate to hold like, oh. and stay in, and 
They Jakob, want acknowledgement. Jakob, Jakob could have just yeah. moved to America, you know, yeah, just hop sure. that Holland America line. Yeah. Close enough to Roger, his home. Yeah, 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 you know, and go find some new fortune with your yeah. law degree. He speaks English. True. And yeah. at one point he actually says to the character played by Victor Lowe, um, who is going abroad to New Guinea, I think. Yeah, New Guinea, yeah. And he says, I want to come with you. And then he says, no, you have unfinished business here. Probably meaning you have this debt and your father. Um, but why could he not go? Why should he not go? That would have been a way better idea for him at that point. Yeah, that idea that like, oh no, you need to settle things with your parents before you can move on. You know, I think in this case, it, that's total bullshit. No, it just drives the story. Yeah, it's, uh, If he would have been like, my dad's an asshole, my mom's also, emotionally disconnected, I'm going to move. Yeah. But would it change his situation like internally? I'm not Are you totally saying you sure. can't run away from who you are? Let's quote Tony Soprano here. Okay. There's no geographical solution to an emotional problem. That is very true. Yeah. I still have not watched The Sopranos. <laughs> well, that, that's that's the, the next podcast, sir, which I'm we're going to do. I'm surprised it took so long for you to get a Sopranos reference yeah, into this. Yeah, I, I tried my best. And so what do you think? Did you like the movie and do you feel like it gives a representation of Dutch society? Well, I definitely did like the movie. I think... Um, it does a good job telling uh, telling this story. Um, it, of course, there's stuff that could have been better. It's interesting to me that this movie has won an Oscar, and I don't look at the Oscars as being a validation of what a good or a bad movie is per se, but it is interesting that probably this story transcends something that, that other Dutch movies can't, or maybe the competition was just weak in that year, uh, of foreign movies, that I'm not, not totally sure. Um, but I like this movie, yeah. I, I mean, by any standard, not using it being a Dutch movie as a as an excuse or whatever, or seeing it in that context, I like it as a movie, and I think it's interesting to watch. Most of the actors are, are good enough, uh, some flat characters, but that's more that's more to do with the script than anything else, I think. Um, and I would I would definitely rec- recommend it. All right, so I'm trying to look up now what the other nominees were. Where? Anyway, this is enthralling content. What did we say this year was? 96? Uh, yeah, the, okay, so the movie's from 97, but uh, it was part of, of course, the 98 Oscars. 90, okay, that's why I was looking. The 70th edition. Okay, so let's see what it was up against. Because not many, I think it might have been this film, maybe there was one more Dutch film after this one that won an Academy Award, and since then it's been... Nothing like even very few nominees no. or like short. Okay, but films. Let, let's let's answer a different question. Um, is this movie better than the Titanic? Like, if they would have been judged on the same grounds, like if it, if the category for a movie was not in existence and it was just one of the regular nominees for best film, would it have stand a chance to the chance against the Titanic? In your opinion? Okay, so Titanic won best picture. Yeah. I mean, this movie, I would say that looking at it, and of course, yeah, we watched it on a wall on Vimeo, but it struck me as more 1992, maybe late 80s in terms of how it looked stylistically. Um, the other Best Picture nominees for that year, As Good As It Gets, which I don't think I've seen, The Full Monty, which I saw a very long time ago, Goodwill Hunting and LA Confidential. So not great competition, n- I should say. I mean, the character might actually have stood a chance against those. 
nothing, people like Good Will Hunting, of course. Uh, yeah, but, nothing's yeah. going to stand, uh, have a chance against Titanic. Good Will Hunting, I mean, if you want to talk about a, a personal drama about someone who's stuck in a world that they're too afraid to escape from, Good Will Hunting blows this out of the water in terms of how richly Matt Damon plays. Yeah, but there's also... That did you see the last Louis C.K. show? We don't talk about him. Okay, he totally trashes the movie. <laughs> and he does so convincingly, I must say. I'm sure he pulls his dick out and <laughs> jizzes all over it. And, yeah. um, and that worked. Yeah, Boogie Nights came out that year. Okay, well, Boogie Nights Boogie should have Nights. beaten all those movies. What, what, what else are we missing here? Yeah, Corrupt. I don't know any of the other, si- the other films that were nominated. Men in Black, well... Men in Black, my best friends. Yeah, no, Corrector doesn't stand up against, at least Good Will Hunting and Titanic. I haven't seen LA Confidential. I hear it's good. No. I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, but it's not great. As good as it gets, yeah. It's, it's not, gen- a good, not a good year for film, I would say. Maybe that's the reason why Titanic managed to win a bunch of them. I think Titanic managed to win a bunch of awards because it was, yeah. it's still like the highest grossing movie ever. Yeah, okay, but that's or money. Maybe, that's like, not, maybe that's Avatar not, beat it. Yeah, okay, but that's not artistic achievement, right? Sure. I, I, now, art, now we're getting to the point. Yeah, okay. No, that's a good point. Yeah, well, okay, let's walk it back. Artistically, Titanic, do I love the story? No. Way too long. It's super long, just like this podcast is way no. too long. Goodwill Hunting, also on the long side. Yeah. But a lot of good movies are yeah. on the long side. Yeah. You have to earn it. Yeah, we said this is two hours. It doesn't earn two hours. No. Does it earn two hours of your time plus listening to this as a compendium? <laughs> so you're looking at... Four hours of your time. Definitely, I yes. think you should just listen to this <laughs> podcast. Probably. And not watch the movie. That's what we're saying. Okay. For, I, th- I would recommend it. For, okay. Well, I guess you have to. Oh. It's, uh, Being Dutch? You're, <laughs> no, yeah. No. Okay. Okay. I want, I want to skip into the Do we have closing a, segment. What's, what's our closing segment? Okay. I'll give you some... Uh, I'll, I'll give you one Dutch word that was in the movie. What are we going to... We have to call this segment something. Uh, yeah. The Dutch word? Pot, quiz? Uh, we can do better. Does well, Gre- well, well, does in Greg, the next episode... Does Greg understand Dutch? Does, does Greg understand Dutch Watching this movie fine. with no subtitles? Okay. I, I felt insecure about my language skills. Okay. Here you go. Verbeurtverklaring. One word. Verbeurtverklaring. Can you use it in a sentence? Greg, did you already get your verbeurt verklaring? <laughs> Can you spell it? Yeah, of course. V-E-R-B-E-U-R-D-V-E-R-K-L-A-R-I-N-G. So... It's two words, basically. Verbeurt verklaring. Yeah. So let's break this up. Verklaring is basically a uh, clarification or like a declaration. Yeah. Um, it's more on the declaration yeah, side of things. Declaration this. of a um, something. like Of a good. Yeah. And you're ver, yeah. You're so, basically so there. Then, so then when ver is at the beginning, when V-E-R is at the beginning of the word, it's basically like the action of the adjective or the action of the noun that, uh, that comes after it. But I don't know what bird, bird. means. <laughs> I'll tell you the meaning. Okay. Confiscation. Verbird verklaring. Yeah. It's not a word we would normally use. Because confiscatie is a Dutch word. Yeah. Yeah. So probably, probably they started using that word because verbird verklaring is too hard. And you learn in this movie, I'm in position. Ik ben, yeah. in, ik ben in positie. In positie, yeah, yeah. For being pregnant. That's, 
Okay, so um, Dutch curse words. Dutch curse Ho- words. Ho- hopefully every movie will give us some, but yeah. I think in this movie de- definitely lelijke stinkaap stood out, which means... Ugly stink monkey. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I think I think that's the the main Dutch we were, we're going to get from this movie. As you as you said, there's a lot of like legal talk in this movie that, but even I would not necessarily get all of it. Yeah, there's a lot to be learned if you are curious. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. that's it then. This has been character. Watch it if you want. I don't. I don't. I don't think you need to. If you've made it this far in the podcast, you, you probably way. need to watch it. I don't it. think you need to go out of your way to watch it. Eric says maybe it's for free on Vimeo. You can put on some music and just the score is good. I, I enjoyed the score. The score. Right. It true. sounds like John Williams, yeah. and well, they, 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 they did a great job. Yeah. Okay, well, that wraps it up. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the very first episode of. The Dutch movie podcast. Dutch film podcast. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well. Okay. Whatever. You, you, can, you can use both. We'll see you next time. <laughs>